is the Fish from Scratch podcast featuring the Breen Brothers, teaching you what they know and learning as they go. Join us as we take you through each step of our trips from plan to execution and sharing each of our failures along the way. Our goal is to help all levels of anglers get excited to get out on the water, explore new areas, and try new techniques. Disclaimer, we are not professional fishermen as much as Kevin pretends to be. Our experiences are not the norm and do not expect to be as awesome or terrible as we are at fishing. Your results will vary. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fish from Scratch podcast, uh, episode 4. We're going to be talking today about uh, how we got into fly fishing and getting started with fly fishing. Um, it's kind of more of our, well, at least more of Kevin and my dad's expertise. Um, so I know a lot of people are afraid to to get out there fly fishing because it, it looks very, I don't know, crazy, guy whipping a... <laughs> Um, whipping line everywhere. A lot of misconceptions too. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of misconceptions about it. Um, so today with me again, it's uh, it's co-host Kevin, um, and then my dad Pat. And so we're gonna be uh, again talking about getting started with fly fishing. Hopefully, uh, we can give you some some little tips on how to uh, to get started, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get you excited to get out on the water. Hopefully. It's uh, a little warmer uh, when you're listening to this so that you can actually get out there and enjoy the water. Um, Kevin, I, I kind of want to start with you because you are kind of the the main fly fisherman in this group. Um, kind of, how did you get started? Uh, you know, luckily I had a father who was interested in fly fishing, wanted to pick up the sport. So um, I know when I was younger, um, we had the opportunity to go out west. And uh, we went out to Montana, Colorado, uh, Yellowstone. We were in the Black Hills for a little bit. Uh, but I think um, one of my early memories was going out in Yellowstone. Don't even remember what river it was. Um, but it was a small one. And, um, you know, basically I was handed a fly rod. And I think I had a little uh, grasshopper imitation on there, fly. And uh, just it was went out the there. Was it Madison? All right, so I went out on the Madison and um, you know basically whipped the fly around for a little bit. Uh, but I, I know also there's been many opportunities that kind of inspired the whole idea of fly fishing. Um, from my, uh, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, I, I think it was that it was father's day and we were up in Traverse city area. We luckily had a family who, um, they like to go out sailing and you had done dog trials for a number of years. And, um, you had made some friends up there that lived up there and they liked that we house sitted for them and mowed their lawn while <laughs> they were gone. So, um, you had gone out on father's day and I just remember being heartbroken that I wasn't out fly fishing with you. <laughs> But uh, I think that, you know, instilled a little bit of interest in me on top of going out west and doing that. Um, but, yeah, I think that was the, the, the start of it all anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what kind of kept you going with it? Um, so, you know, I think you had kind of gotten out of fly fishing at the point. Um, yeah, I was going to, I was going to jump to him, but, but he's but I think, become more of the I think fly fisherman mom, recently. <laughs> yeah, mom, we had been fishing, so obviously, um, you know, mom knew our interests, and uh, she was, um, she wanted to redecorate our bedroom, which at the time we were kind of rotating who got them to sleep <laughs> yeah. in their own bedroom, but the. 
the room that two of us would have been uh, staying in. It was probably Andrew and I that got the the uh, the bedroom remodel, but Mom got like a coat hanger that was shaped like a fish, and we had fish pictures up on the, the wall. Wallpaper was yeah, we was had fish. yeah, the, the wallpaper was yeah. fish. The trim was yeah, yeah. a net. And there was a yep. net, old antique net on the wall, and, and the, uh, the old uh, the basket, the fly fishing basket. Yeah, um, creel. Yeah, the creel. And then yeah, of course um, you know what that is, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, a Berkeley cherry wood uh, fishing rod, which. I think is an eight first. weight, and it was your first <laughs> fishing rod, so that was hanging up on the wall. And uh, a buddy of mine, um, I, I think it was in seventh or eighth grade at the time, um, but a buddy of mine had found an old fly rod at his house, and we had been like riding bikes around the neighborhood and and uh, found a little pond, and we had been fishing in that. We were like, oh, we're going to get into fly fishing. So I think the weather had just broken, and um, it was springtime, so... Uh, we started just casting out in the backyard, and you knew enough to, you know, and you, you kind of helped us out a little bit because um, I don't think his parents were, um, you know, he, they worked during the day. So um, we went out, and we were casting in the backyard, and then as the, the season got a little bit warmer, uh, we went to that local pond and just started beating the crap out of the water. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, and I could not do the overhead cast. I got tangled every time I did it, and somehow I figured out how to do what's you know called the roll cast, which was I had no idea. I was just flinging the fly line out there. I figured out it worked, and uh, got the fly out there and started catching some bluegill. Yeah, I mean the roll cast is pretty much my go-to in a lot of the a lot of the times because yeah. there's usually a lot of uh, trees behind us and where we're fishing. Um, Dad, kind of when did you get into fly fishing? I know it, it fell off for you for a little bit, but you've really dove into it recently. Yeah, I've picked it up a lot more in the past few years, but I was really intrigued with fly fishing. Just, there used to be a travel show, and this guy, Gadabout Gaddis, would be on it, and he'd be fishing streams out west. And for some trout, just, it looked so cool to me. And when I was in college, I was going through the library, and I found his autobiography, and I read that, and it was all these cool experiences that he had, saltwater fishing and then fly fishing. So after I read that, I had to get a fly rod. And I'm looking at him, and my girlfriend at the time, who was now my wife, um, bought me one for my birthday. And so I had that, and I got it, books on how, they didn't have YouTube back then. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. It's like you had to look at pictures in books and figure out how to do the cast. And I practiced a lot. I mean, I, I probably practiced more than fished. And I'd go into fly shops. I still can do this, go into fly shops and just dream. <laughs> and I ended up buying a cheap fly tying kit that the feathers were basically all throwaway stuff. But it had a vise that was just really a piece of junk, but I was able to get some things going together. And then I took a fly tying class at a fly shop and I, um, I learned how to tie, my still go-to was the Royal Coachman uh, fly. And um, I would take trips up to the Asabo, which was about a two hour drive, and then drive back the same night. And I'd catch a creek chub. <laughs> I mean, I was not an expert by any means, and um, 
you know, I just kept with it. But I just loved that whole, the atmosphere of being on the river and the water rushing. And, the, and I could be, there'd be fish jumping all around and all I'm catching are creek chubs. <laughs> and I'm putting flies in the tree. It really is one of the things that you have to not let that fluster you too much. It's fly fishing when you take the steps, learn. Now with the YouTube, it can kind of help you to get a bit, be a better caster. And that the idea that you look behind you and where your back cast is going to go and forward. And But I still, I just loved it. But at a certain point with the kids, like Kevin said, he's out in the yard flailing, not figuring out. I kind of just put the fly time stuff away because the it was a, I felt the I didn't have the extra money to buy outfit all the kids. I didn't have enough money to buy flies for everybody, um, even though I'd taken some class. And somewhere my fly tying stuff just disappeared. <laughs> I know where that went. <laughs> um, I uh, just to inter interject. I remember that old vice, and it. I want to say it was like made from like three sixteenth inch steel and held together with a couple, uh, um, you know, Phillips head screws that were just tightened in there. Um, and that's and I think it had a wing nut for yeah, um, to tighten it down. I mean, it was really, um, yeah. Pitiful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, but at, at the same time, um, I think even before I even casted a fly rod, I think I remember days that I was sick. And you had taught me maybe when I was like eight years old, seven years old, how to tie a woolly worm, which is similar to woolly bugger, um, but a woolly worm. And um, I remember just, you know, if I had the flu or whatever it was, I remember sitting on the floor with the vice in, in between my legs and watching TV. And during those days that I was sick, I would make up my own flies. I had no clue what I was doing, and but I just wrapped some some uh, thread on a hook and let those, you know. Yeah. I never fished with those flies, but <laughs> it was interesting. They would have worked. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so, Dad, to kind of continue on, um, so what got you back into fly fishing? The excitement that we, we did more trips out west, uh, and anytime I would go out west, it, it's like you gotta fly fish yeah. when you're out there. It the rivers are just unreal, and we um, one of our trips, and I would have success out there here in Michigan. I couldn't catch a dang trout, you know, or very seldom on the fly rod and the the flies, but out west. I had good success yep. mm -hmm. and um, even just um, I still loved it because of the, but the fish were more cooperative out West. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I think part of it, you know, with fly fishing um, you're, you're casting something that the trout are actually looking for. They're, they're selective in what they eat. So if you can have a fly that's similar to what they're eating, um, it, it allows you to be more successful, even if you're a bad caster or, or mm -hmm. anything like that, where, you know, sometimes, you know, you just don't have the right action or something like that with bass fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I found that um, I really got back into it. We took those trips. I saw more interest in you guys hmm. with the fly fishing. And um, so I had a few more opportunities to, um, to go fly fishing. And... 
you know, now I have a rod rigged all the time and living on a lake, you know, I just grab the rod and go down and fly fish. Where before, when we didn't live on the lake, it's kind of like, oh man, you know, I got to drive two hours up to the river. Mm-hmm. But the with you guys being in more fly fishing, I get dragged along or it's like, oh, it's Father's Day. We're going we're gonna to go take Dad fishing <laughs> yeah, on Father's yeah, right. Day. So um, it's just a lot of fun to, to be involved with the boys, including, you know, like um, when Andrew lived in New York. Yeah. And being dragged to New York and, yeah. you know, catch a big fish. Yeah. Um, yeah, the way that kind of I got started, um, I think it was, again, just kind of like fishing. It was watching big brother's dad um fishing and i wanted to do it too <clears throat> you got dragged along for sure uh, yeah and, and definitely got dragged along um and uh i i remember the, like on the first podcast that you were talking about being out in uh out west when we were in the the river and the waders were way too big for me and i'm pretty sure i cried multiple times because i wasn't catching fish i was cold i was wet um but dad I mean, was basically hanging on to the back of your shirt so you yes, didn't get washed so down the river. So I didn't get washed down the river. Um, but I remember kind of just those small little memories like that with um, with fly fishing. And um, I think hanging over rocks and, and dipping the fly into, into the river when I didn't know how to cast it. Um, and seeing the trout actually still rise up to, to catch it was, uh, or to, to eat it was, um, was really, really intriguing to me. And, um, I really didn't stay with fly fishing too much until again, I got into college and, um, really enjoyed that as my kind of escape to be able to get away. And, um, that was when I really appreciated fly fishing more than, than anything because, um, being out on a river and being able to present, uh, present the hatch to to a, uh, a trout was was really exciting so you got to right. you got to actually take a fly fishing I class did. i did i took a fly fishing course in uh in uh at penn state so that was uh that was pretty cool um on how to tie flies how to cast and all that stuff which i wish i would have been able to take the uh um the master's program but uh it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> wasn't gonna be yeah the uh i think the um probably not the most lucrative no the, path the, to know, go the, down, but well, f- it was also during football season. Oh, yeah, that, that wasn't yeah. going to work. But the um, the final final project was a, a trip to Alaska, um, <laughs> which wouldn't have sucked. So that yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be teaching if I had gone to Penn State. <laughs> Do you remember the Green River when we went out west at all? When we which were time? Little? When I was little, yeah. I I don't really remember it. Um, yeah, you were really. Young. I was. I was. Yeah, I was pretty young. Do you um, remember, Kev? Oh yeah, definitely. The fish um, just lined up. Yeah, and and I, I think my first cast when I was there, I actually got a hit, and then after that, I think I I was uh, fishing over top of the, um, and what I didn't realize at the time is that you can kind of put fish down, um, so I could see fish in the water and couldn't understand why they weren't biting. I was fishing over top of probably six, eighteen inch brown trout, and I could not get them to bite, but. I was standing directly over top of them. I was yeah. probably like eight feet away. They knew I was there, so um, they were they were not going to rise. Yeah. Um, so for somebody getting into fly fishing, I mean, I I was kind of dragged into it with 
I know you guys kind of fell into it yourselves, Kevin. You kind of followed in, in Dad's footsteps, mm-hmm. but um, you kind of took on your own path. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it that kind of drew you into that type of fishing more than than kind of anything else? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think I, I like the challenge of it. Plus, you see all these commercials, and oftentimes in the commercials, they're holding the reel upside down uh-huh. the, wrong, the wrong way. But um, seeing the commercials, there was like a mystique about it. Um, and uh, like I was saying before, I was probably 18 years old when, you know, and I had dabbled with it and I had played with it and tried, you know, some different rods, the rods that we had in our house. But I was just, I wanted to try it more. I wanted, I didn't feel like I was getting a, a good, you know, shake at it. You mean and you wanted to catch fish? I wanted to catch fish, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to catch fish. So, um, and th- that Berkeley Cherrywood rod was essentially casting a broomstick. I mean, it was heavy. It was stiff. It casted terribly. It was awful. Uh, so, um, I think I, I picked up a job, my my first real job, which was lifeguarding. And, um I was making decent money and had a little bit in the bank account. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go and check out a fly rod. I'm going to go and try to get into this sport because it looks cool. So I went to uh, Orv- an Orva shop. It was probably 45 minutes or so from our house. And I looked at some different rods. And I think their Orvis was coming out with their Clearwater series for the first time. It was their first edition Clearwaters, which they still make. Um, and they had a, what was is now the silver label model, which has um, been discontinued for probably 20 years, but um, it was on sale. And I was like, oh man, this looks really cool. And it was kind of like a mid-level rod too. So um, $200 or, or so, way above my pay grade, <laughs> but um, ended up coming back probably two days later and saying, ah, yeah, I'm going to buy it. So I ended up getting that, and I ended up get, getting the cheapest possible reel and cheapest possible fly line. Had them put it all together for me. And um, I, I didn't really fish with it a whole lot after that. I mean, I think it was like um, get on, on the lake every once in a while, but I didn't have the opportunity to go up north. I didn't have a spot. I didn't have a place um, to go. So it kind of sat dormant until probably my... Um, until I was in college, so mid twenties, and and uh, you know, and and I found a love in that when um, I got a job in a fly shop um, in Ann Arbor called Colton Bay Outfitters, um, and I started fishing the Huron River for smallmouth bass. So, cool. <clears throat> Sorry, um, Dad. What uh, what kind of keeps you? in with uh, the fly fishing why you choose that over over any other type of fishing it's i should get back on that track yeah because i got it on a tangent there (laughs) it's okay it's it's (laughs) such an it's the intrigue of and the challenge that fly fishing takes because you're always learning um you you both are kind of talking about the challenge is it that it's i mean i i know this too but is it that it's more difficult or that it's, I mean, because casting looks impossible, which it's, it's not, I've always but. seen uh, fly fishing as um, more active. So um, I'm a busybody by nature. I tinker. I always have to have an art project or something that I'm building. So um, when it came to fishing, when I was going out on the boats and stuff like that, uh, I felt like 
the activity that I, I had with fly fishing was I was just more active. I wasn't waiting for a fish to come and find my worm and, and the bobber. Um, you know, and even though I did get into a little bit more active fishing with throwing Rapalas and whatnot with the spinning gear, um, I enjoyed the visible strike and the visible take of being near to the surface with the flies, which typically flies are going to be within, I would say four to, you know, four to right on the surface, um, four feet, um, to right on the surface. So having that visible take, having fish come right up to it, um, was really exciting. Um, I enjoyed the activity, uh, of searching, actively searching for the fish, looking for the fish, um, moving through sections of water, searching through the water, prospecting, um, the areas that I was fishing and, um, you know, and, and, and finding new water too. I think, uh, it got me to get off of our local little lake and I was able to start driving out and checking out new areas. It got me, um, exploring a little bit more too. The other part is, you know, match and hatch as they say, um, but I like the intrigue with the fly fishing, but it's a challenge out there, not only finding the right fly to use, but to get that fly into a spot where the fish are. And it might be under branches, um, in back close to logs, um, which causes you to lose flies. Mm -hmm. But in order to get where the fish are, you have to be, that's where practicing the, your cast and getting it where the fish are and where you're most likely to have success. And that's, I've, I've learned things probably in the past eight years or so, even though having experience with fly fishing forever, I've become a much better fly fisherman um, by going to seminars and learning the, uh, that you don't just go in and start slapping the water with and putting the fly out there. You have to kind of study where you're going to be fishing because sometimes it'll tell you, okay, you got to find out that's a likely spot where fish will be. To each their own. I'll go out slapping the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a gear snob too, so I, I do like to buy lots of, of gear. I've moved up over the years too, so I enjoy the – and I, I have seen a big difference in quality um, in price ranges and stuff like that too, but uh, you know, it took me a while to – actually get to the level of being able to tell the difference between, you know, um, you know, the Kmart special, the cherry wood, <laughs> um, and, and what I fish with now. So, but you don't have to buy an $800 fly rod. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> or a $400 reel. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. And I have seen the prices creep up a little bit too. I've got, you know, a good story though. Um, just to kind of sidetrack a little bit is, um, you know, I think one thing that really got me into fly fishing a little bit more, um, heavily was, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't have a place to fly fish. And then I met my, uh, girlfriend now wife. And I think it was like one of our first dates and I was sitting in the kitchen and I found out her dad fly fished. And I think we sat in the kitchen for about an hour and a half before she finally <laughs> said, y y we're going out to dinner, right? <laughs> so, um, so it was a good experience getting to know um, him and obviously my wife, um, and it's opened up a lot of fishing opportunities, uh, in, you know, in the up north areas. How long areas, have you been so. married now? 
12 years? Don't put them on the spot like Jeez, that. Jeez, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not 10 years. But that's <laughs> 10, when my years. fly fishing has picked up because his father-in-law is like my one of my fishing, my main fishing partner right. that I go up with him a lot and been up Yeah, he's big and, influence on both of us. Yeah. Yeah, don't. Don't be putting us on the spot like that. <laughs> well, I was trying I to figure the time. Well, it was well, two, asked, 2009, so. So okay. yeah, that's years when ago. more fly fishing picked up for me. Yeah. And you okay. bought me a membership to the Fly yeah, Fishing Yeah, Michigan Club, Fly Fishing Club, yeah. Which um, yeah, that's um, as As a person that's getting into fly fishing, um, one of our big things that, that we'll you know, suggest is like, like Bill is to us, uh, you know, finding a mentor that can – and it doesn't even have to be someone that's better than you, but at least another person that is, you know, out there searching for knowledge, learning things so that you guys can kind of team up and learn together. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, I use you for Kevin is, uh, anytime that we go out there, I mean, I'm like, all right, what do I do yeah. <laughs> now? What, right, yeah. what, what, uh, not do I need to tie from my leader to this? Um, which I'm, I'm pretty good at everything now, yeah. but, um, then you also need to learn your, your mentors kind of, uh, little tricks, tricks. Tips and tricks uh, because yeah. there's also the ones where he's like, yeah, go, go fish over there. There's, <laughs> there's no fish over there and Come I'm going to go now. over here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's not because there weren't fish over there. I just want to <laughs> let you know that. Um, so, but but I, again, like getting into fly fishing, uh, don't you know? Don't just think it's for trout either. It's it's uh, like I said, I got into fly fishing because of smallmouth bass. Um, there's um, you know, Dad was saying how um, getting out on the lake and how I originally learned was on the lake, and I think that's probably the number way one way to learn. Is to go on a lake with nothing behind you, you know, where you can yeah. open up your cast and learn the overhead cast and just catch bluegill because you're going to learn more doing that than, I mean, I, I think if you go out on a river for the first time, you're going to be more frustrated than anything. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, the Moving first couple of times, and- yeah, I think the first couple of times all of us were on the on a river, we didn't catch a darn thing. No. But where if you go on a lake, you might catch a fish on your first cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I definitely agree with that. Go out on, on a lake or anywhere that there is not anything where you're going to be back casting into a tree or a bush or anything like that. And practice casting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Look at the YouTubes, get the proper motion the and <laughs> the timing yeah. and go for it. I, and that is one of the other cool things about fly fishing. When you're fishing the surface, the explosion, I, I might go out on our lake and catch, you know, eight bass you know all over 15 inches and the biggest has been 20 inches and they just explode out of the water and jump a bunch of times it is so cool and i think um you know another thing too we can talk you know for a second about gear and you can use a, a rod that's been you know that's older that's been around for a while um you know just find one but if you do have a little bit of money and you have a budget, um, the money's got to go into the rod. That's all the cast. Primarily, the fish that you're catching are not going to be yeah, you're humongous. Not gonna be you're not going to be all. using the, the drag at all. It's all going to be in your hand. So um, don't spend it. I buy a reel online, buy a reel at a garage sale, and, and spend your money on a rod. I, and get you know. decent line, too, though. Well, a decent line 
helps, but I think the, at the same time, like the first, you know, you might just be casting on concrete for the first, you oh, know, yeah, definitely. little bit that you've that. got. Yeah. So, um, you don't need a, a super expensive line, but it does help. Yeah. And going back to like getting a mentor, if you find somebody that is fly fishing, I guarantee they have more than one rod. Um, <laughs> How many rods do I have? I'm looking at, right at now. Kevin's <laughs> rod rack. Him, he has, what is that? Probably 15 different fly reels or fly rod and reel combinations already rigged up, ready to go <laughs> at any time. So whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever <Yeah>. he <laughs> might be taking a trip somewhere, I'm guessing it just goes right in the back of the truck. Yep. Yeah, it. No, I only have like eight. I don't mess around. I have kids now, so I've got to like, I got to be ready <laughs> to go. Time. I actually, you know, that's funny now too because I've got uh, a go box, a go bag. <laughs> it actually has a fishing uh, go bag. It's a fishing go bag. <laughs> I have uh, flies in the fly box. I have all the tools that I need, and it's shoved under my passenger seat, and I've got a rod under the back seat. It's always so, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time. Fishing time is, is very important That's when you have kids, I'm sure. It's valuable. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah. thing is, if if you're just learning... And scarce. Don't <laughs> think that you owe, you have to do all that false casting, it's called, when you see oh, them yeah. flicking Drying back the and fly forth. off. Yeah. Especially, like, on a lake. Just get 15, 20 feet and just back cast once and shoot it out yeah. forward and jerk it a little bit if you're yeah. going for bass or bluegill. And when you get one, just strip, pull the line in to yeah. get the fish close enough and take it off. Yeah, I've, I've noticed most of the time, um, like beginners, when they are casting and they always get tangled up on like the third or fourth like false cast. Yeah. Um, Don't do it. Yeah, there's there's no reason to do it, especially if you're not using a, a dry fly on a, a trout river yeah, or something. False, false casting is for a couple things. One, if you're fishing with a dry fly, you're trying to dry the fly off, uh, you're changing positions, or you're changing where you want the fly to land and measuring out that distance. For the most part, you just need to pick the fly up, get it in the air on your back cast, and put it right back down on the water. Yeah, and that's cork poppers in the lakes, yeah. <laughs> and deer hair flies. Yeah, yeah, Foam. simple, simple stuff to catch yep. catch bass and, and bluegill on lakes. Foam on a hook. Yep, foam on a hook will, will do it. Um, you guys have anything else for for beginning fly fishing people? Be patient. That's about it. It's a it's a fun sport. Um, very active. Uh, it can be super calming and peaceful on the right day. Um, you know, especially those glassed out lake days that you can go out there and no wind, but that's about it. Yeah. It's, it can be an expensive sport, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and it's not as frustrating as say golf, which is another very expensive sport that, uh, I think it really frustrates people, but, uh, but fly fishing has got that nature out in the, uh, middle of nowhere feel to it and enjoy it. But all right. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, you can uh, you can watch some of our YouTube uh, videos on uh, what's it outdoor ventures. Um, okay. We also have fish from scratch Instagram. Kevin, what's your Instagram again? Fly guide mi. Fly guide mi on Instagram. Um, all right. We'll be uh, hopefully adding another podcast here shortly. So appreciate you guys listening. And bye.